the madness of andelspruits by lord dunsany this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit us at LibriVox.org. recording by michelle fry baton rouge louisiana in september two thousand eighteen i first saw the city of andelspruits on an afternoon in spring the day was full of sunshine as i came by the way of the fields and all the morning i had said there will be sunlight on it when i see for the first time the beautiful conquered city whose fame has so often made for me lovely dreams suddenly i saw its fortifications lifting out of the fields and behind them stood its belfries i went in by a gate and saw its houses and streets and a great disappointment came upon me for there is an air about a city and it has a way with it whereby a man may recognize one from another at once there are cities full of happiness and cities full of pleasure and cities full of gloom there are cities with their faces to heaven and some with their faces to earth some have a way of looking at the past and others look at the future some notice you if you come among them others glance at you others let you go by some love the cities that are their neighbors others are dear to the plains and to the heath some cities are bare to the wind others have purple cloaks and others brown cloaks and some are clad in white some tell the old tales of their infancy with others it is secret some cities sing and some mutter some are angry and some have broken hearts and each city has her way of greeting time i had said i will see andelspruits arrogant with her beauty and i had said i will see her weeping over her conquest i had said she will sing songs to me and she will be reticent and she will be all robed and she will be bare but splendid but the windows of andelspruits in her houses looked vacantly over the plains like the eyes of a dead madman at the hour her chimes sounded unlovely and discordant some of them were out of tune and the bells of some were cracked her roofs were bald and without moss at evening no pleasant rumor arose in her streets when the lamps were lit in the houses no mystical flood of light stole out into the dusk you merely saw that there were lighted lamps. Andelspruits had no way with her, and no air about her. When the night fell and the blinds were all drawn down, then I perceived what I had not thought in the daylight. I knew then that Andelspruits was dead. I saw a fair-haired man who drank beer in a cafe, and I said to him, Why is the city of Andelspruits quite dead, and her soul gone hence? he answered cities do not have souls and there is never any life in bricks and i said to him sir you have spoken truly and i asked the same question of another man and he gave me the same answer and i thanked him for his courtesy and i saw a man of a more slender build who had black hair and channels in his cheeks for tears to run in and i said to him why is Andelspruits quite dead, and when did her soul go hence? And he answered, Andelspruits hoped too much. 
for thirty years she would stretch out her arms toward the land of akla every night to mother akla from whom she had been stolen every night she would be hoping and sighing and stretching out her arms to mother akla at midnight once a year on the anniversary of the terrible day akla would send spies to lay a wreath against the walls of andelsbrutz she could do no more and on this night once in every year i used to weep for weeping was the mood of the city that nursed me every night while other cities slept did andelsbrutz sit brooding here and hoping till thirty wreaths lay mouldering by her walls and still the armies of akla could not come but after she had hoped so long and on the night that faithful spies had brought her thirtieth wreath andelsbrutz went suddenly mad all the bells clanged hideously in the belfries horses bolted in the streets the dogs all howled the stolid conquerors awoke and turned in their beds and slept again and i saw the grey shadowy form of endelspruits rise up decking her hair with the phantasms of cathedrals and stride away from her city and the great shadowy form that was the soul of Andelspruits went away muttering to the mountains, and there I followed her, for had she not been my nurse? Yes, I went away alone into the mountains, and for three days, wrapped in a cloak, I slept in their misty solitudes. I had no food to eat, and to drink I had only the water of the mountain streams. By day no living thing was near to me, and I heard nothing but the noise of the wind and the mountain streams roaring. But for three nights I heard all around me on the mountain the sounds of a great city. I saw the lights of tall cathedral windows flash momentarily on the peaks, and at times the glimmering lantern of some fortress patrol. And I saw the huge misty outline of the soul of Endelspruits sitting decked with her ghostly cathedrals, speaking to herself, with her eyes fixed before her in a mad stare, telling of ancient wars. And her confused speech for all those nights upon the mountain was sometimes the voice of traffic, and then of church bells, and then of bugles, but oftenest it was the voice of red war, and it was all incoherent, and she was quite mad. The third night it rained heavily all night long, but I stayed up there to watch the soul of my native city, and she still sat staring straight before her, raving, but her voice was gentler now. There were more chimes in it, and occasional song. Midnight passed, and the rain still swept down on me, and still the solitudes of the mountain were full of mutterings of the poor mad city and the hours after midnight came the cold hours wherein sick men die suddenly i was aware of great shapes moving in the rain and heard the sound of voices that were not of my city nor yet of any that i ever knew and presently i discerned though faintly the souls of the great concourse of cities all bending over andelspruits and comforting her and the ravines of the mountains roared that night with the voices of cities that had lain still for centuries for there came the soul of camelot that had so long ago forsaken usk and there was ilion all girt with towers still cursing the sweet face of ruinous helen and i saw there babylon and persepolis and the bearded face of bull-like nineveh and athens mourned her immortal gods 
all these souls of cities that were dead spoke that night on the mountain to my city and soothed her until at last she muttered of war no longer and her eyes stared wildly no more but she hid her face in her hands and for some while wept softly at last she arose and walked slowly with bended head and leaning upon iliand and carthage went mournfully eastwards and the dust of her highway swirled behind her as she went a ghostly dust that never turned to mud in all that drenching rain and so the souls of the cities led her away and gradually they disappeared from the mountain and the ancient voices died away in the distance now since then i have seen my city alive but once i met a traveller who said that somewhere in the midst of a great desert are gathered together the souls of all dead cities he said that he was lost once in a place where there was no water and he heard their voices speaking all the night but i said i was once without water in a desert and heard a city speaking to me but knew not whether it really spoke to me or not for on that day i heard so many terrible things and only some of them were true and the man with the black hair said i believe it to be true though whither she went i know not i only know that the shepherd found me in the morning faint with hunger and cold and carried me down here and when i came to andelspruits it was as you have perceived it dead and thus ends the madness of andelspruits by lord dunsany